And Cameron Kennedy. And we are the Between the Operas NFL Show. Well, fans, you might have noticed that we were awful last week, and there's a reason why. And so this week, we can have a mega podcast giving you the entire breakdown for the Super Bowl. Didn't feel like we really had enough to go on last week. We've been, you know, maybe a 20-minute podcast, and this one would have been like a 40-minute. Instead, we wanted to just wrap it all together into one nice package for you guys. So we do have some storylines to talk about, but then more importantly, we are going to give you a full breakdown of the Super Bowl. Talk about the conference championship games and how uh, these teams got to the Super Bowl. Talk about prop bets in the Super Bowl. And finally, give out our game picks for the big game itself. So, without further ado, let's get to it. First, our first storyline was Matt Stafford got traded to the Rams of all teams. Traded for two first-round picks, a third, and Jared Goff. Now, I was working when this happened, and I, I was completely stunned. What were your thoughts? I knew who was going. I didn't know where. I'm more shocked at what the Rams had to give up for an older quarterback who has had injury problems in the past. It's a huge risk. It's a very big risk at this point in time because you're trading up for an older quarterback. You're, you're trading a lot for him when you could have just waited and drafted a quarterback who's younger that you could develop and you could build an offense around. So I agree with, I agree with you. I, this one really stunned me. I didn't expect the Rams to move off of golf that quickly or to trade for Stafford. Um, this is really interesting because the Rams were clearly out in golf and there was debate as to whether or not he would get uh, benched next season for John Wolford. Meanwhile, Stafford is a win-now improvement, but in the future, I mean, he might be an improvement for four or five years, but he knows beyond that. Do you know how old he is? And this was for two firsts and a third. Those two firsts, from what I've heard, one was to get off of the price of golf, and the other one was the compensation for Stafford. But at the same time, the Rams have not drafted in the first round since the last year of Obama, 2016. And they won't again until the last year of Biden in 2024. <laughs> hey. Yeah. I, you made it to one Super Bowl, but you lost. So what has this gotten you? I'd say nothing. Yeah. Um, mentioning, mentioning someone else that got you nothing. You see who the new uh, Texas coach is? Yeah, I saw. And it's not going to help. The boy wants out. Just I've also I heard something really interesting about that today, though. I saw a crazy trade proposal that sends Mariota, I think, to the Texans. Their car would go somewhere and then the Raiders would get to Sean Watson. Interesting. Now, the question is, does he want to play there? Honestly, you're loaded at receiver talent and the defense is decent enough and you have a great running back. I really don't see why not. And that's a really good young team. And it's but, better than New York. Yeah, a pretty decent head coach, in my opinion. I do like Gruden. Uh, this was a puzzling hire, though. Um, the Chiefs, if you remember, do you remember a couple of years ago when the Chiefs went a whole season without a wide receiver catching a touchdown pass? Wait, wait, wait. I, I saw that. I didn't know that was really a thing. Yeah, it was a real thing. Dave Coley was the wide receivers coach. I'm so, wait, wait, wait. They went the entire season without a receiver catching a touchdown? Yeah, 
went an entire season without a wide receiver got in the touchdown pass. Every touchdown pass was completed to a tight end or a running back. Was this one they had Kareem Hunt? Yeah. No, no, no. This one they had Jabal Charles. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, <laughs> and yeah. the Texans already don't have great wide receivers. This is not going to look pretty. Yeah, and on top of that, he was a uh, coach for the Ravens last year. Their passing game coordinator. They had the worst passing attack in the league. They no still do. They out. still do. Yeah. No wonder Deshaun wants out. Well, he wanted out before they even hired this guy, honestly. Yeah, and now he's probably going to hold out if he doesn't get traded. Uh, yeah. But if they're smart, you trade him now because teams need him. Yeah. You trade him before the draft, you get draft picks. Yeah. So, yeah, too little, too late. Not a good hire. I give that one like an F, and you still lose your superstar, so it's it's a wrap. Yep, I agree. Now, moving on to the Super Bowl. First, how did these two teams get to the Super Bowl? Well, the Bucs got to the Super Bowl while winning the NFC title game in Green Bay in a cold game at Lambeau Field. This was Aaron Rodgers' first uh, career NFC title game at home, and yet he's now he all time. He choked. He did. And here's what I have to say about this. Are you ready? For all you naysayers and blame blame pointers and all this other fun shit. It is both Aaron Rodgers and the coach's fault. You don't kick a field goal and force and goal when you need it's a two possession game and Tom Brady's on the other team. You just don't do it. Second of all, you don't even make it to that field goal if Aaron Rodgers just sort of ran the damn ball. A wide open field in front of him literally looks like he was going to run and pulls back up and is like, no, I trust my arm and threw in the triple coverage. Yeah, that and then the decision to kick a field goal down eight. Yeah. What the hell are you doing there, Matt? I heard, uh, uh, I listened to a podcast called The GM Shuffle, which is co-hosted by Michael Lombardi. And, you know, he, he's got five rings. He's the son of, uh, or he's, yeah, the son of uh, Vince Lombardi. He said that Vince Jr. calls Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFuck. <laughs> <laughs> And I got to say, that call had me asking, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, and then on the other side, it was a great defensive performance. But here's my big concern. Brady looked a little flustered. He forced some passes. There's one he just literally threw up to avoid, like, to try to avoid a hit that easily got picked off. If you do that against the... He had three interceptions and four completions in the entire second half. Yeah, so here's my thing. You cannot do that against the Chiefs. They're not going to walk away from three turnovers with only six points. Yeah. The offense is way overpowered. They can come at you from any angle. And they have Patrick Mahomes, who doesn't really make that many mistakes. Yeah. So if you have three turnovers against them, that's an easy 17 to 21 points. Because I'm I'm sorry, they'll score in two of those possessions, most likely. I agree with you. Now, one other player that we have not talked about that I do want to give a shout-out to, Lenny Fournette is revitalizing his career. It was a healthy scratch at points earlier this season after being cut by Jacksonville. Yet in this game, he had 12 carries for 55 yards in the touchdown, along with five catches out of the backfield. He is turning himself into from a player who it was questionable as whether or not he might be out of the league 
or a non-relevant backup to he might be a starting running back for someone next season. You got to give him the props to him. He's, he's done well. That makes a big difference when you actually want to play for the team, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, on the other side, the Chiefs blew out the Bills to win the AFC. <laughs> the Bills started out 9 nothing, and the Chiefs were on their heels after that month, uh, month punt by McCole Hardman. But then the Chiefs just scored 21 straight, took the commanding lead, and never looked back. This one was a very impressive performance I didn't see coming. What about you? I called it. Just saying. <laughs> you said the <Yes>. Bills. <laughs> um no, so I actually put money on it after they went down nine to nothing and I won 220 bucks. Nice. So thank you, Bills, for choking yet again. Um, the Bills are close. They're very close. I give it a couple of years and it, it'll really be a competition, but they're missing something. The defense looked frazzled all game. They had two good possessions and then. I feel like this game was where the Bills really felt loss of Zach Moss the most because Allen didn't play bad, but he had literally no help. His second leading rusher behind him had 17 yards. You can't beat Kansas City when your second leading rusher behind your quarterback has 17 yards. <laughs> you know, Allen's a monster, but you know, and he's really made a huge improvement from uh, his rookie year and even from last year. But, geez, you got to have something. Yeah. Now, we're going to transition to uh, something that, I've, that we've had a lot of fun with. So, uh, as you might have noticed, the last few weeks, our gambler's corner has not been around. That was because there wasn't enough on the game slate to really gamble on. But it is making a huge return this week with Super Bowl uh, bets, and namely with Super Bowl prop bets. Prop bets are a huge part of the game, betting on literally everything other than who wins the game in the spread. So um, I reached out to one of our friends who was originally supposed to join us tonight, he was unable to, but he helped us out a lot with preparation and did leave us some notes um, to pass on the podcast. My friend uh, Dustin, who um, he is a full-on degenerate gambler. He is who I've learned partially to gamble from. He's who I still to this day bet through, uh, still to this day talk about gambling. And he's the only person I know that actually makes his living as a gambler. So I figured that he would be good to have some advice. And I asked the first question to him was, um, any advice for you guys out there who are looking at them in the Super Bowl, but haven't really done it before? I said, or he said, have an honest heart to heart with yourself and decide if you're gambling for fun or if you're going uh, gambling to win. If the former, then bet reasonable amounts for your budget on things that seem fun and don't get tilted and or try to mar- uh, martingale when you lose. If the latter, understand that all that matters is the line. Some props might be fun, but you should skip them if the line sucks. No matter which you are, you should stop uh, shop around for the best line at different books. Also, spe- uh, specifically for props, make sure the rules are very clear. Books will fuck you when they can. For example, if, if you bet on the national anthem wins, which one thing we will discuss later, 
does the timer stop when the song is completed or when they finish belting out that second home of the brave at the end? Um, I, I feel like this is really good advice, something to pay attention to. And I do agree with what he said about the making sure you're betting on the line. Um, what, what's your thoughts on this com on his comments? Um, and I also want to point out, he, uh, mentioned a couple of sites for us to use the two that we like the most, or I like the most are Beth three, six, five, which I've used all season and the bottom sports book. I definitely agree with what he says about make sure you understand like the conditions behind the bets, because there are some like which quarterback will have more passing touchdowns. However, whichever quarterback ha wins has to win by two. So it's not like, oh, Mahomes throws four and Mayfield throws three. I win money. No, because he had to throw five if Mayfield threw three. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So you definitely need to look out for that. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I agree somewhat with the line with prop bets. And if you use DraftKings like I do, they do give you odds boosters. So I definitely always look at the odds boosters because it takes a, it could be like a plus 400 line that gets turned into a plus 900 line. So it's not as risky, but you're getting a better line for it. Right. So I, I jump on those. I don't put a lot down. Like the one I told you about with digs, that was a plus, it was a ridiculous line. It was like plus eight or 900. I put 20 down and 170. So I don't put a lot down, but even by not putting a lot down, I'm still winning a lot. Exactly. And there's definitely ways that you can manipulate lines on a lot of these different things as well. Um, I've listened to a podcast all season long uh, on the Ringer NFL show that's hosted by Warren Sharp, who is a uh, host of a gambling firm and analytics firm. And uh, he talks a lot about, you know, making sure that you bet on to a number, making sure that you, uh, bet a certain way so that you can uh, maximize your payout and all that kind of stuff. And, and there is a lot of truth to that and a lot of things that you can learn from doing that and making sure you're well aware of what you're betting on. Um, now, the second piece, uh, the second question I asked him is what are a couple of key bets that you really like and why? I'm saying this, uh, asking or sharing his answer now, because of what he said. He said, all that matters to me is the line. Now remember, this is a guy who makes very good money gambling. It is very rare that I bet on something because I think it's going to happen. In fact, I bet on things I don't think will happen all the time. I bet on something because the line is good. The difference between winning and losing a ton of money is getting plus 105 on something that has a 50% chance of happening. I, I listen to Colin Coward all the time, and he talks about how ga uh, the gamblers out in Vegas, all you have to do is hit 55%. If you bet 55%, you're making money. And, and there is a lot of truth to that, uh, to these statements. I agree. I mean, the line's always the biggest part. You don't want to do, you don't do something too insane, but sometimes that does screw you. Like earlier this season, like I told you, some dude bet, like $28,000 that the Falcons would beat the Cowboys after the Falcons were up 20 to nothing. He bet $28,000 to win like $3,000. Exactly. And at that point, why are you betting? Yeah. If you're, if your reward isn't worth more than what you're putting in, 
nine times out of 10, don't do it. I will say I have gambled on uh, NFL and college football for years. And um, um, the way that I look at things a lot of times is where can I get at the minimum even odds on something? Because yeah. at that point, if you get plus odds on everything you bet, you don't even have to hit 50% to make money. Yeah. Like the McGregor fight was, I bet 25 or 125. Yeah. It was plus 100. So, yeah. So, moving forward, we've got a massive prop bet discussion for you. <laughs> first, first off, over under. The over under for this game is 56. Do you think that um, this game is going to go over that total or under? I'm going over. Over okay. all day. Chiefs will easily put up 30 if they have to. And if they're putting up 30, I'm saying the Bucks are putting up 26. Uh, over 56. I'm going to go different from you on here. No, I, I'm changing my answer. I'm going under. Okay. Because I don't. Both defenses are playing pretty good right now. And I'm going to say whoever scores 30 points wins. See, that's where I'm thinking. Is that the winner's going to get 30. But... I also can see a world where 28-24 or 28-27 wins this game. If that happens, it still fits under. For me, I'm going under on this game. It went under in the first meeting, but Tampa went wild in the second half. The Chiefs held back. Uh, I think that um, the Chiefs definitely could hang 30 on them. The one thing that does scare me is I worry that the Chiefs might be able to hang 40 on them. So I'm personally staying away from this bet. But I do want to give out my prediction that I think the game goes under. I agree. Next, who do you think is going to be the Super Bowl MVP? Patrick Mahomes. I've got Mahomes as well. I feel like if the Chiefs win, Mahomes is going to be the only option for MVP. Yep. Uh, his odds are plus 111 right now as well, which is around where the odds are of the Chiefs winning the game and covering the spread overall. It's actually better, it's actually better than that. So... Uh, I feel like if if you were to parlay those two things together, you might be able to get a pretty good bet out. Hey, real quick. So the odds for Chris Godwin to be the first to score the first touchdown is plus twelve hundred. Yeah. So eighty dollar bet would win a thousand forty bucks. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So who are you going for for a first touchdown? Uh, I'm gonna put ten on this probably. But I'm going with either Mike Evans or Travis Kelsey. Interesting. You're going with two different players than from who I'm going with. Do you want to share what the odds are? Yeah. Give me a second. I just had it. All right. So the odds for that. All right. Here we go. Touchdown score. Travis Kelsey is plus 650. He's tied with Tyreek Hill for the best odds for the Chiefs. And why are they not showing me the bucks? Here we go. Mike Evans is at. Isn't he at like plus 850? Yeah, but I don't know why they're not. When I saw earlier, he was a plus one, like plus 950. <laughs> <laughs> For Le'Veon Bell to score the first touchdown is plus 3,300. Wow. Where Scotty Miller's plus 3,500. I don't know why he's not up here, but he's not up here. I think it's like plus 850. I think you're too far low. 
Um, <laughs> for me, the two guys I'm looking at. Oh, he's huh? plus 900. Plus 900. Okay. So you're going Evans and Kelsey. Yeah. I'm going with two options. The first is Tyree Hill. He went off in the first meeting with three touchdowns. I think he's got the capability of doing it again because Carlton Davis, who is going to be the corner that's supposedly shadowing Hill in this game, is allowing a passer rating of 145 winning coverage in the playoffs. Okay. I think he can get toasted. On the other side, if Tampa is the first team to score a touchdown, I think it's going to be Leonard Fournette. Fournette's been a feature back for Tampa in the postseason. And I feel like if the Bucks score first, it's going to be a running score. If that's so, it only holds that Lenny Fournette is the player that gets it. And a ten dollar bet wins you 115. Because he's yep. at plus ten fifty. Yep. I agree with Leonard Fournette being a possibility. My only concern with Tyree Kill is most of his touchdowns are long bombs because he's really fast. I don't think that the first touchdown is going to be coming from a big airplay. I think it's going to come off a drive. And if the Chiefs get in the red zone, I think Kelsey's money line, if you don't put money on it before the game starts, is going to go way down. That's definitely fair. Uh, so going from first touchdown to any time touchdowns for players, who are some players who their odds for just scoring a touchdown, period, in this game are you looking at? Mm, Sammy Watkins at plus two sixty is a fair bet. He's been he's been looking pretty good. I think this is going to be his last year with the Chiefs. So he's, and if you look at him last Super Bowl, he played really well because everybody's putting so much focus on the top three receivers. So I think that's a good one to look at. Um, any other Kansas city player? Cause I think there's a good possibility Tyron Matthew could score okay. without Tom Brady was playing last week and Scotty Miller at plus four twenty five. Okay. Cause he's fast. I don't think he's as fast as Tyree kill. Like he's claiming to be, but he's pretty fast. So, for me, the two guys or the two things I'm looking at first, Lenny Forms is uh, at plus 110. Okay. Same logic as before. And even if it's not the first touchdown, I do think there's still a really good chance Fournette gets hands on at some point in this game. Also, the other one is Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey independently are minus 182 to score. But mine says minus 175. But if you put them together, it's going to be around plus 140. For them both to score? They're definitely both scoring. Yeah, I feel like that's a definite moneymaker. So I'm going to, I'm looking to parlay those two together because I definitely think they're going to score a touchdown. Yeah. I don't think they won a game if they don't both score a touchdown. Agreed, 100%. Moving on to the shortest touchdown. Uh, the over-under... Is always set at one and a half yards. So basically, do you think there's a one yard touchdown in the game? Under is minus 195. Personally, I know there's bad odds on this. I'm taking this one on the under. It's hit in four out of the last five Super Bowls, including last year. And you think about how easy it is to score that just for a one yard touchdown. It can be on the end of the drive, it can be off of a turnover, it can be off of a pass interference in the end zone. I feel like there's a really good chance that this one hits. Or. I'm under. Or you pin the other person inside the one yard line, they fumble the ball and you jump on it in the end zone. 
I'm not even going to bet on this one because this is too, I think it's a little risky, but I would probably say under because even if you get a first and 10 at the one, you're inside that one and a half. So there is a strong possibility. That's just something I would not put money on. Moving from um, touchdowns stuff to leads stuff. First, um, they're uh, looking at um, who is going to lead at the end of said quarter and possibility of a tie at half. So the thing that intrigued me with this one is a tie at half by itself is like plus 800. I don't think that's going to be the case. But parlayed with the just a Chiefs win is 17 to 1. Parlayed with a Bucks win is 20 to 1. Now, I'm with you. I'm not sure that those are going to happen, but I feel like a small one unit bet, or not even one unit bet, like quarter unit bet, would be good on those just because of how good the odds are with this. Also, the other one that I like, Chiefs win in the fourth quarter is minus 105. If you look at the way that the Super Bowl was played last year, Kansas City exploded in the fourth quarter and put people away. Yeah, they won the entire second half. I'm like, I think the entire second half would be a good line, too. I just didn't say it when I was on there. Oh, no, no. I'm, I know. I'm not saying that's a bet. I'm just saying last year they won the entire second half. Yeah. And I think if you can get second half, and that would, uh, somewhere around there, minus one five, minus one ten, something like that, I feel like that's definitely going to hit. I will say, if you are going to put money on the Bucks to win any quarter, I would go with quarter number one. Agreed. Because the Chiefs always have that slow start, and then something just snaps, and they just go off like crazy. Agreed. Moving on to some lead change things. A lead change in the fourth. Is plus one eighty five. I, I that sounds juicy to me. I like that. Yeah, that's enticing. The only problem is, I think there's only going to be two lead changes. The Bucks might start off up early, and then Kansas City's like, "All right, let's play now." And then, and then once they get that lead, it's over. Okay, interesting. Uh, now going from lead changes to some yardage stuff. Are there any yardage over or unders that you are really sticking out to? <laughs> Tom Brady over under rushing yards. <laughs> uh, it's funny you put that down there. His uh, <laughs> eleven rushing yards. It's under one fifty uh, or under is minus one fifty. I think that's a guarantee hit. Mm-hmm. I think that is a guarantee hit. When was the last time you saw Brady scramble? <laughs> <laughs> Never see for on DraftKings the over under zero point five yards. And see there, I would take it. Yeah, because over is plus one forty. <laughs> yeah, and Patrick Mahomes is under nineteen and a half is plus one hundred and seven, and over nineteen and a half is minus one thirty four. Okay. The last year, people who bet on him lost at the very end when he kept taking a knee and going backwards and losing yards. Anything else that's sticking out to you? Um, this is weird. So Clyde's Edward Hilaire over 
30 and a half is minus 112. Under 30 and a half is minus 112. Tells me that the line's a little bit juiced. Yeah. That um, is a little weird. I'm going to go with let it know. Oh, because with all the money lines, I see. Look. <laughs> so for me, the others I'm looking at, I'm looking at Lenny Fournette, 48 rushing yards. Over is minus 114. I think there's a good chance that he could get to 50 yards. Okay, mine says minus 118. Yeah. You're looking at DraftKings. I'm looking at Bavala. So okay. this is where it's important to note the differences in books. Uh, the next one I'm looking at, I'm looking at two Chiefs. One, Kelsey, 101 receiving yards. Over is minus 114. He needs 100 for the Chiefs to win, in my opinion. So if you think the Chiefs are going to win, that does. Similarly, Tyreek at 97 yards over is minus 130. Again, he needs 100 for the Chiefs to win. And Carlton Davis, the Bucks corner, has been toasted these playoffs. The one other that I thought was really funny, Marcus Robinson, 28 yards under is plus 100. He's currently in COVID protocol. If he can't play in the COVID, his total is at zero. Guess what? what? I'm tempted to do this. Scotty Miller under 20 and a half, just because of what he said about Tyreek Hill. Oh, we're going to say you could beat him in a race one on one? Yeah, because the under is plus 100. <laughs> yeah. That might be a fun one. Um, now, moving away from the game, just a couple of just fun prop bets. First, the Gatorade color for uh, uh, the winning team to dump out. Uh, there are actually odds on this, personally. I like the odds on red at plus 165. Both teams' primary color is red. It's actually the exact same shade of red. So I kind of like these odds that the winner is going to dump out red Gatorade. So you're saying red, I'm saying orange. Okay. Just because every time anybody says Gatorade, I associate the color orange with it for some reason. So. Okay. Just as like an advertising standpoint, I would feel like they would make it orange, but who knows? Okay. Um, one other, the national anthem time. This is usually from the time the song starts to the end of the word brave. It is currently at 118 and a half seconds. The under is minus 115. Personally, I'm taking the under. Jasmine Sullivan, sung the, who was singing the national anthem, one of the two people, sung it in 2016 at 1 minute 38 seconds. And most times the under, or most times are under, the current set over under looking in history at the one on 18.5. So I feel like there's a pretty good chance of this hits. What about you? Oh, I agree. I mean, that's not something I would bet on, but Hey, if it's an easy win, go for it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to bet yet. If I'm being honest, it's just something I'm pointing out. Um, Finally, are there any others that are worth noting? Now, our friend Dustin did a really good job of sending us. Oh, yeah, uh, there's some I want to talk about. A big list of bets. So um, is there any on there that you're looking at that you think are interesting or any other? Yeah, how many times the Patriots are mentioned? Under two or over two? I'm going over two. 
So I'm doing something similar. I'm doing times Bill Belichick is mentioned. One or more is plus 165. Oh, he's definitely going to be mentioned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and then another one I like is Super Bowl first half versus Harden points. Yeah. <laughs> Just because the way Harden's been playing lately, he's been more of a facilitator than a scorer, which is weird to see, but. Okay. Um, other ones I'm looking at. Mahomes to have two passing touchdowns and win is minus 159. Mm-hmm. Bucks penalties under four and a half is plus 110. They're four and two hitting this in the last six. And the Super Bowl tends to swallow their whistle. So I think there's a good chance that hits. A wire to wire win made no lead changes. No is minus 200. I know the odd, the line sucks on that, but you figure there's going to be at least one lead change at some point. Okay. Um, sacks over three and a half is minus 200 ish. Not sure I'm going to bet it, but I think that it will hit over. There were three sacks in the first meeting, and now Eric Fisher and Mitchell Sports, the two offense tackles for the Chiefs, who played in the last game, are both out. Um, the coin toss being tails minus 105. I don't think I'm going to bet it, but I just I always feel like tails never fails. So I want to throw that out there. Then one last one total players to throw a pass over two and a half is plus 186. This hit in the first mean because Travis Kelsey attempted the pass. And both coaches are offensive minded. So I feel with two weeks to prepare, there's going to be a double pass at some point. Antonio Brown can throw too. Yeah. So those those are our prospects that we're looking at. But that's all for show. Here's the main thing. What is your game pick? Who do you think will end up uh, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy? <clears throat> all you guys are saying, don't go against Brady. I'm sorry to say it. It's a wrap. I'm going Mahomes. All day. They played in the regular season this year. They beat him. They played in the playoffs last year. He beat him. I'm going to take youth over age. And just some of these things that Mahomes can do, Tom Brady cannot do. He does not have a strong arm. Mahomes can chuck that shit 70 yards down the field if he needed to. And I think... Mahomes is more accurate and he's more mobile with all that. And just, yes, the Tampa Bay has some great receivers, but they don't always perform well. Kansas city's receivers always show up no matter what. One of them always finds a way to get open. So I'm going to go chiefs, but I'm going to go chiefs by six. I'm going Kansas city here as well. But they dominated the first time. Now, yes, the final score was 27-24. But if you watch that game, Tampa Bay came back late because Kansas City took their foot off the gas pedal after annihilating Tampa for three quarters. The Bucks have no answer for Tyreek Hill. I feel like the Bucks are going to uh, lead early, but then the Chiefs are going to come back and ultimately pull away in the second half, but this one beyond reach. I'm not worried about Brady's experience because this Chiefs team is the defending world champions and Bruce Arians has never been in a game like this, even as an offensive coordinator. So 
So really, when you're thinking about it, it's kind of weird to say this, Brady's team is the lesser experienced one in this game. And so for all those reasons above, I'm going with the youth as well. I think that uh, Kansas City ends up becoming the first team since the Patriots' uh, original dynasty to win back-to-back Super Bowl. Well, that's all the time we've got for you this week. Thank you very much for joining in. Uh, Sunday night, we're going to be coming to you live with a um, Instant Reactions podcast. It should be a ton of fun. Uh, so be looking forward to that. I'm Justin Cox. I'm Cameron Kennedy. And we are the Between the Uprights Channel Podcast.